It is time for Master Gardener, Gardening with Barb and Karen, both Master Gardeners. Barb's many, many years longer than me, though. Correct, Barb? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, you are one of the original members. I was. Uh, three of us were. 40 years now. Wow. And uh, Now, are you the only one living in that group still? I am. I am. Wow. Well, yes. congratulations for that, too. <laughs> well, thank you. I've seen a lot of changes. Right. Oh, my goodness. But one thing that hasn't changed is this tricky weather, oh. especially in the fall. You know, when it's sunny uh, in the fall and it's warm, you get a little... Um, sluggish about getting in there and starting to dig and, and do things and you think it's going to be like that. You, you get, keep thinking, yeah, it's, well, maybe this will go through November and yes. then suddenly the snowflakes fall. Yes, yes, I, I know. And, and here I am. I, I've been waiting for uh, my son. My birthday was October 7th and a few weeks before my birthday. Well, happy birthday, a day or two late a few days late sorry well, Barb. yeah we missed it always good you know to have a birthday and, <laughs> and to be healthy and to celebrate that but uh he get, sent some pictures and he said um of his lilies and he said are are you fond of any of these and so i picked out three that i was just really fond of because he's the one in alaska he is the one in alaska and um when things go for him you can be pretty sure it's going to be a piece of cake for us because they have a lot more problems with the what permafrost. What zone is he in, by the way? Because you know we're zone <clears throat> four. I would imagine, you know, I know things go down to two, maybe? You know, I don't know how oh. you figure in. There's so many microclimates. Oh. He lives in a valley surrounded on all four sides by the Chugach Mountains. So the sun, the warming rays of the sun, don't really get in there until the sun is high up in the oh. sky. So that's a problem. <clears throat> and then they get uh, 400 inches of snow. Oh, my God. And, uh, and then um, they have uh, permafrost. So you have to dig out the, that soil, and then he raises up the ground, and then he makes uh, raised beds and things. So I, I just brought up the uh, picture of Alaska asking about the growing zones. And would you believe this? The zones range anywhere from... 1A, which is low as you can go, down to, as I'm going down to the very bottom of Alaska, 6A, which is even warmer than we are. Yeah. And yeah. that's along the coast, of course, but sure, sure. a the lot of it, where does he live in the, which part, because Alaska's very big. Right. The, most of the top part says it's 1A or 1B, which is very cold. Right. So he's um, uh, south of Anchorage along the, um, it's called the, what is it called? Um, huh. Is it the near the coast, more to, toward the coast? No, he's he's inland from the coast, at least for He might miles. be a two, a two then in the... Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what he is, but um, um, he's shoveling snow <laughs> in the spring just to... So <laughs> that See the, the gardens? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, so you, you got some lilies from him. These but, are Asiatics, so, or what kind did you get? Uh, well, I got th uh, a couple of different kinds. But so um, I got um, Iowa Rose which is a really nice oh, looking I, pink. And I see that the uh, that our Lily Society, the State Society, that's one of the uh, one of the lilies that they're they have listed for sale. It is, and I've got a couple of those. They are very a beautiful, beautiful pink. And by the way, the North Star Lily Society's bulb sale is coming up. 
on Saturday, October 22nd. You say, isn't that kind of late? Well, you know, they had to dig those. What they do is they've got these uh, show gardens that are essentially like a demonstration plot, kind of like Master Gardeners do, mm-hmm. and, and they raise all sorts of different varieties. And then they have a dig where they actually dig some of the progeny of the lilies and then we sell them and that's one of our biggest fundraisers and so they will be selling they have you probably got the list in the mail if you're a member one of the benefits is getting the uh, bulbs you you get a chance to get to the sale earlier than anybody else so and you get more varieties that way but also that bulb sale by the way is october 22nd it starts at 9 a.m if you're a member and 10 a.m. or 10 a.m. if you're the public until you're sold out. That's up at Bachman's Heritage Room at 6010 Lindale Avenue South. That's on the south side of the the um, Twin Cities. So it's not really. It's a, maybe just a little over an hour. Exactly. It's it's a fun event to go to. And if you're a member or if you're not, it doesn't matter. You can stay and they have a meeting. You, you can learn so many interesting things. But not to digress. But I just wanted to <laughs> to to say this. Um, the membership to the state society, ten dollars for two years. Two years—that's five bucks a year. And I mean, you can't really find no. anything else. And you get the, so many benefits. You get this wonderful newsletter. You've got access to uh, these bulbs that nobody uh, else does because you get the first pick of them. Sure. And Plus new um, things that have been hybridized and educational sessions. Right. And that, and we got in our newsletter this uh, month. We got an article from Peggy Nerdall. It's uh, labeling lilies in your garden. Uh-huh. And it, here's the thing. Uh, we all can really master gardening, but this labeling, getting the right label that um, the frost doesn't heave up in the wintertime, that the UV doesn't fade, that uh, if they're wood, they get destroyed in the ground and that. Yes. And she did a full page on the best and and she talked about um, using uh, UV resilient uh, acrylic clear coating on anything, whether you're making a label and putting it on plastic or putting it on the wood, that will keep it from fading out. Because oh, all of mine do, and then I forget. And you know, you think you're going to remember, but you really don't. That's that is absolutely true. And she talked about instead of using a marker, which that, I have a sharpie, because you think it says permanent, but it is not. No, she said to get a paint pen. And 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 they it's if they have they have a fine point on them and you can put all this information on there and she said they're so good that then when she wants to move that for for one reason or another which you know you don't need a reason to move <laughs> to be moving plants around she just puts another label on top of that then and then does the acrylic thing again and and that keeps them looking great well that is a great tip and by the way Peggy Nerdall who wrote that is one of Grant's mentor my son who is uh, breeding Asiatic lilies you can just tell from this article she's a very she's generous a teacher person, yes and she wants people to get it absolutely right hey so, here's a question about lilies we just got online from or on our text from someone can I plant bulbs today how do I care for them over the winter mulch squirrels and deer take their fair share and uh, the rest well today is a great day to plant it every day is a great day to plant until unless it the ground's frozen up. yes yep, until it freezes hard yeah well you know getting back to these lilies that I got from my son for my birthday they they actually came from um where did I say they came from oh, out of state anyway and um, and and they have this most wonderful 
a handout that came with them, and they talked about um, if, by some rare chance, you got your bulbs and they had sprouted, you always, when you plant them, they, they can go six to eight inches deep, and then the bottom two inches you work up, and that's where you put your organic material in there so bone that they'll meal. grow I take well. a little bone meal and put yeah, it in the that, bottom. That, that could go in there. And, and she said that the sprout needs to be underground. So even if you're, uh, and this, I mean, for the most part, this doesn't happen, but if you would happen to buy uh, maybe at a big box store or something uh, some lilies and they'd sprouted and they were maybe four inches long on that sprout, that whole thing goes underground. You want to be sure that the end of that sprout does not freeze. Because I, well, I transplanted a bunch of lily bulbs and they had the, the stalks on them. So I should have probably cut those stalks so they aren't above ground then. Because I actually have some that are sticking up so I can see where they are. Yeah. I, I probably don't want that, do I? You know, no, I, see, I think that's different. Than the sprout. A, a new sprout. Is tender. Is tender. Okay. It hasn't a chance to do that. So, and then the other thing that she said was uh, when your Asiatics first come up out of the ground, that's not really, uh, you can use a little bit of fertilizer there, but it should be time-released. And then after they get done blooming, and the, the Asiatics, the Orientals, are going to bloom at different times, then you could add a little bit more fertilizer. So she said for the most part, um, your Asiatics uh, uh, and, and most of your lilies do really, really well if we're having a drought, but the uh, trumpets... Um, don't do as well. I lost some trumpets last year because of the drought. and didn't. They have to be watered. Now, yeah. with our listener asking, can you plant bulbs? Now, she doesn't say, or he, I'm not sure, doesn't say whether it's lilies or tulips or what it is. Of course, any bulbs you can plant now that... Absolutely. But she talks about the squirrel issue, and now squirrels generally don't bother daffodils. They love tulips and some of these other bulbs. You know, lilies, I, I don't know if they... I guess they do. Well, so if you've got a problem with squirrels, sometimes you might have to take some chicken wire um, and put it on top so it's hardware so they can't dig in there because you could lose all your bulbs and then they're right because if they find them, it's like candy. Yeah. So with your your bulbs, whether it's your lily bulbs or your daffodils or your tulips, when if you're we're going to plant them maybe in a mass where, where you've got more of a grouping so you make a statement but you have to have like for lilies you should allow at least six inches between bulbs so you know you've got a hole that is quite good size so then when you start covering up um, you want to mark the edges of where that's at and then go out a little further then Put your chicken wire on top of that because here's what the squirrels if you just put your your like your chicken wire uh, where the bulbs start they will dig under <laughs> on the edge and get in there and that is so frustrating they're wily little guys yeah. they are and also I take a couple of bricks and I put on top of this wire to hold the wire in place uh, Squirrels are a real problem, they, and and I've already found with some of the new uh, tulips that I planted. Now, I mean, I have forty years of experience planting things, and I still 
find that I have problems with the squirrels. Now, I found that as for after doing all of this, I found two new bulbs that were from uh, planted toward the back of my property were up in the front. So they had grabbed them. They didn't need to eat them. They were going to bury them someplace else, put them down, and then didn't didn't bury and, and that's why you might get stray plants different places in your yard too you're saying well i don't remember planting that there because that happens as well but there the thing is i guess just plant a lot of bulbs and then you <laughs> you know if you only plant a few you're really going to notice they're missing yeah you know the daffodils reproduce so much easier than anything else they're limited in their color there are more now than there used to be but compared with tulips they don't have as many brights no, no. and you know this um so I, I, I was at a uh, roundtable discussion. I'll have to mention that later. And, and so Dave was going to pick me up, and he went to do some shopping. And I said, this is so silly. I said, if you're any place where they're selling daffodils, could you pick up another packet? <laughs> and in a million years, I never thought he would. But he did. He did. Good yes. for him. Yeah, because I bought a, like a giant bag of 45. That's what and, I, yeah, I would have bought, too. Yeah, because then, then I just put them in clumps because they look better when they're in clumps. I put a clump here and I put a clump there throughout the garden. And what happens is my other plants come in because those, uh, the leaves after they're done flowering, the leaves just kind of brown and fade away because you don't want to cut them off. So my other plants take over and fill in that space. So that's why they're so wonderful to have those bulbs. It's just space fillers and... Well, you know, I was looking at my foundation planting up front and and I had already... um, designed it and I had daffodils in there but then I thought these two annuals that are here I mean when I take those out that's going to create a hole in the design (laughs) I got to have some more so he came with 12 of them and I mean I really appreciate appreciate his doing that in his goblet it's um it has the yellow trumpet with the white petals very very pretty and so I guess I could put two groupings of six. Oh, you, and, Barb, and you they, can squeeze them in anywhere. Yeah, and, and they will grow. And they're saying planting distance on these four inches apart. You know, it depends on what I've got for space. It depends on how tired I am. Sometimes they do get closer than... I, I, <laughs> it, a lot of it depends on... I'm just like, you know, I just don't feel like digging anymore. You guys are going to be closer. And so sometimes that happens. Right, right. But I, I if you can... Uh, if you've got bought bulbs, uh, I would get them in. I wouldn't be afraid. You could, like with the lilies, you can hold them over the winter. You could put them in pots. You could... Um, Uh, bury them down to the bottom six inches deep just like they were in the soil they have to be someplace where they're not going to freeze hard and thaw freeze and and thaw is the worst thing you could do so exactly so when we get them by october 22nd which is when the the north star lily society sale is i mean the ground could be frozen but i don't think it's going to be frozen hard so we can still plant them right and you know what i would do if i was planning to go to that sale i would which i am because i i would work up my soil and have it ready to go Excellent. There you go. I mean, so you just have your markers ready and you know what you're going to buy. Of course, there's always spontaneous. Yes, I guess I could take that. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I've said, you know, I don't really have any room for any room, but once I get there, I just know. And Grant, my son who does the Asiatic lily breeding, he will be there working because he's on their board. And so... I'm sure we always say, Grant, find something you like, and then he goes and he picks it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. I mean, but I was working out in the garden, and I had uh, markers up, and I thought, I don't have room for anything more out here. 
this is it. This is it. <laughs> I always say that too. I, I got to give give this another year and see if everything comes through the winter. Because here's the thing, um, we did have a drought in our yard. I think it's the worst uh, drought that we've ever had. As a matter of fact, the false cypress, which stands next to the pond, mm-hmm. uh, I noticed I have so much browning on the needles. It. it I hope. Um, I I watered somewhat earlier, but I wasn't diligent about that, and I just hope that it makes it. Well, especially those evergreens going through the winter, because while the deciduous trees will lose their leaves, the needles on the trees, they will get dried out from the winds and the cold, etc. So I'm worried about, we have one of the, I think it's a white pine down by the lake, and it, it has a lot of brown needles, but I think... Some of them lose some needles during the fall as sure. well. So that is normal. But yeah. my hope is that it, it they, they talk about we're probably going to lose a lot of those older trees because you simply, some of them are so big you can't just keep the water yeah. up with yeah. them. Yeah. And so the water trees too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, it's, it's, uh, it puts the specimen, whatever it is, if it's a plant or if it's a tree, shrub, whatever, it puts them at risk. So it, you can do everything you can possibly do to keep them healthy. Oh, it's talking about um, keeping them healthy. How about mulch? Because this is another thing the person with the bulbs asked about mulch. Yep. You do want to mulch things, but let the ground freeze hard before you put all that mulch yeah. on. Yeah, but you know, if it's cold now, when you put down your lilies or your, your bulbs. any of your bulbs, you should give them some mulch. Now, yeah. Yeah, now, yep. right now. Yeah, yeah. And get that wire on there and protect them. And, and hey, let us know how you're doing. Um, or if you need help, extra help, you can call here and we'll we'll chat with you one-on-one if there's something we didn't answer. Yeah, exactly. That That is so true. Did you see the pictures of the drought? The Free Press on the front page has yes. the drought conditions. And uh, right where we are, I mean, it is extreme drought. The only thing more is exceptional drought. And I think, was it last week you said we were something like 14 inches of so rain? So we're 16 it's inches 16. Short. Wow, yeah, that's that, a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, I feel sorry for the farmers, but, you know, I've been out to see a, a lot of uh, corn that's been harvested. So the one thing is they won't have to spend so much for drying it because it's already dry, sure, but sure. maybe it didn't produce as well. Yeah, that's it, the and the price, is, the price seems to be good, and the yields seem to be, um, the people that I've talked to, their yields have been good too. So uh, that's this year. Uh, but you can't continue to be short on moisture like this. I Two mean, years in a row here. No, no, yeah. not not at all. So, hey, I did something interesting this week. I was at a roundtable discussion about ageism. Have you ever heard of ageism? Is that where people discriminate <clears throat> based on your age? So, like, older people can't find a job because so it's like yeah. if they think, oh, you're too old, or maybe you're in too high of a price yeah. bracket because that is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's and I hadn't heard that term before, and it's like any of the isms where you're discriminated based on nothing somebody's idea of what you should be of you're too old to do or too yeah some, or, too young too treatment, old yeah treatment in public um a lady was talking about she she was in a grocery store that gives a discount to seniors and um and and she asked him about that of this discount and they said oh i already gave you the discount and I know they do that to me now, too, Barb. And she said, I thought to myself, well, you know, I'm not a senior. I'm just asking, why would you do that? Do I look like I'm older? I mean... We probably do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, age <laughs> is a tricky thing. But uh, it was an interesting discussion led by um, Dr. Dave Genevieve. 
Uh, his wife was uh, the first uh, active person with Children's House, and oh. our kids were the first to go to school, to nursery school there, which was really great. And then our granddaughter, who was born in this country, she also went there for a short time. So two generations there. So and, what else did you learn from this then? Well, I, I you know, ageism has a lot to do with uh, people have these preconceived ideas. Maybe it's based on their own personal experiences with their grandparents or aunts or uncles. Um, I, it, and, you know, when I'm in the South, uh, when I go to the grocery store, you can just be very sure that the clerk is going to say, well, thank you, honey. And do you need help carrying your groceries? <laughs> it, it's People there are just... Uh, this is just normal. And I, you mean I, that they look at old people, older I, I people I think maybe everybody gets this, well, thank you, honey, and and how are you today, sweetie? And uh, and some people don't like that. Right. Um, I think it's fine. It, things like that don't bother me. Somebody talked about, you know, people stepping up and opening the door for her. Um, my husband has opened the door for me all my life. I expect when I, you know, to have the door open for me if there's someone around, and if there isn't, I mean, I open doors for myself. I don't. Or I hold them open for other people too. Yeah, I do so. too. And you know, sometimes with the wind that we have here up on the hill, it takes two of us to keep <laughs> the door open, especially if someone's coming with a walker or something. But you mentioned that with the ageism thing and people growing older. I noticed in a lot of the groups I'm in, though, the garden groups, whether it's Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners, the Lily Society, the Hosta Society. The bulk of the people are older individuals, yep. and we one of the things we talk a lot about is how do we get younger people involved. And a big reason is because a lot of them are retired and have the time to do it. Exactly, exactly, the time and the money to do it. Right. And so you do base your ideas on these people that you come in contact with. And I don't know, um, I think it's so good to be out in the community and mixing with all kinds of people, learning all kinds of experiences and doing all kinds of things, it um, it keeps you. You can't fall into a rut, and uh, I think some people fall into that rut. And any little deviation from that, they think maybe that was more serious than it really is. So, uh, hey, you know what I noticed this morning? What's that? I was looking out the window. I noticed we have quite a few people that walk dogs mm -hmm. by our house. I noticed people with winter jackets yes. on. Yes. Well, we had those snowflakes yesterday. We did. And my friend up in the <clears throat> Twin Cities, she's up in St. Paul, she says they've got a little snow on the ground even that, you know, you can see a little white coating. Sure, sure. Well, the other, I think it was about a week ago when we had a little frost on the roofs and I got excited about that. I was out covering things up and... Um, that we also had two young deer come up to our yard. They always come up, but they go pass by and they go to Mrs. J's, and they jump her fence and and they eat everything in her backyard. Uh, but here they were eating my eggplant. I've got oh, eggplant no. planted in the foundation, and I love that. They weren't after the fruit; they were eating the blossoms. Oh. Well, yeah. then well, you're done with pretty much anyway. But well, I am, I am, but it was interesting that they would choose that plant and that they stopped there. 
I, I think they're young and they don't know any better. You know, you talk about animals and things. A lot of times we think during the winter that we can quit. Um, like I put spray on to keep some animals away. Sure. Sometimes they come in the winter, so I'm going to continue to spray some some of my things yeah. because if they chew up or the bark or things like that, you might lose a, a shrub or something. So, right. I mean, I have this stuff called deer defeat, and I will probably put it on in the winter even just because I don't want them eating my, my good plants. Sure. You know, I think that uh, <clears throat> deer... Um, they follow the trail of least resistance. Right. So once they start coming and they find something, I think your it's like a roadmap for them that they follow. It is, and they say like in the spring, if you don't start spraying the stuff early to get rid of them, they know there's a buffet. So even if you then later sprayed stuff, it's like, well, there's stuff to eat here. I know that. Sure. So try and deter them as soon as you can. Sure. <laughs> it's like get a, get ahead of them. Yeah, I I agree. I absolutely agree. So. Uh, do that, you know, uh, think about uh, these things that we'll visit. Now, especially, you know, if we have an open winter, if we don't have a lot of snow. That's going to be a problem. And I was wondering about that with, with mulching. Do you think, I usually uh, like to use the, the straw, it's called the weed-free straw stuff mm-hmm. that you can get in those really tight bales, and it's actually less expensive than if you buy like a regular bale without the weed seeds. And will that be enough to put on my hostas and things for mulch? Well, you know, I mean, what I'll else? add leaves too, probably if yeah, I've got right, some. Right, right. Uh, tuck things up under the plant. You know, sometimes we just throw it on top and g- under, but we have to keep worrying about slugs and uh, also um, um, the moles and bowls that get in there too. So uh, I start out with taking uh, the. Uh, mulch that I have, the leaves and that, mm-hmm. and I push a, a bunch of them under there so they've got something, but they've still got their leaves on. Now you leave the leaves. See, I've, I have been removing the leaves because of slug problems, and then I've had fewer slug problems, but then do you just put the mulch over top then? Yeah. So so then after they freeze, they, they just they just kind of melt down. After you freeze. After uh, they freeze. Yeah, okay. after they freeze. But before I tuck things underneath. Also with the, with the rose bushes, you know, you want to be sure, and I always heal them up. I bring in extra uh, compost to put around them so I get up over that graft on them. You know, we uh, talking about roses. They used to do the tip, the Minnesota tip method, and that isn't such uh, so no. much recommended anymore. I mean, it was a lot of work, which is why a lot of people don't do the hybrid tea roses, which are the real fancy ones you see. I used you, to do that. Yeah. And now um, we just seal them up, like you said, with a bunch of compost and mm. other mulch. That that t- required so much space. You know, by the time you would tip a, a rose bush, you went out a couple feet and you had to dig a trench, bend it under. You loosened the, the root ball. You had right. to loosen that up so that you could tip it. You had it all tied together with twine, bent it over, and then covered it. And then in the springtime... You would take that twine that you left above, and you would pull on that to get it back up again, so you didn't break anything off. But then you know, you have it. other plants nearby, and it might disturb <clears throat> them. So it, it, it was yeah. just not. so. Yeah, and I was watching an interesting program on PBS last night, and this leading uh, weather forecaster in our area said we are now zone five, and he referred to we us. We are. Here? That's what he said. You know, I'm still leery, though. If I, you know, if if you pay a bunch of money for something, I'm still going to try and be on the side of caution because, you know, you hate to lose something. Well, I am too. But we may have um, 
some years where we were probably a zone five, but sure. that doesn't mean consistently that we are. Because as soon as we get an empty, uh, um, an open winter and cold below zero, we know how deep the frost goes. Um, that's that's not a zone five. So sure. we can wait, but we we know that conditions are changing all the time. And you can still plant trees and things too. Plant them till it freezes hard because I notice now there's sales in my, um, because, you know, a lot of them are trying to get rid of their year-end stock, but it's a great time to plant that. And pretty soon when the, the soil temp gets below 55, you can do your dormant seeding of grass and, and other sure. things. Yeah, I just wanted to make one more comment. If you're planting anything new, whether it's uh, uh, spring bulbs or whether it's uh, daffodils, uh, daffodils, whether it's lilies, be sure as soon as you get them in the soil that you water them. Water them thoroughly. And if you've got good drainage, the water soaks through, but it exposes the plant. And then you put over your covering and, and you should be good. If it stays dry like this, you're going to have to go back and water again. Because with Keep that going. wind that we had, oh. the soil dries out pretty fast. I was going to say, not just right around the plant, in the area too. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely do that. So, uh, you know, sometimes I think, boy, do I want to keep doing this? And I think, oh, yeah, of course I do. It's the most exciting thing. In the spring, you come outside and you see something new coming up. A few days, it starts getting green all over, and then the flowers happen, and you think, oh, could anything be better than this? What a nice surprise. I know. So, well, anyway, it's always great to chat with you, Barb, and uh, happy planting. I know you'll probably be out there. Even And also, I'm going to start digging up my... My dahlias, because they did freeze, so the tops are dead. Yep. So now I'm going to take dig the, the tubers underneath, and I will preserve them. We'll talk more about that maybe next week, about how to save your cannas, your callas, your sure. all those things. Well, thanks a lot, Karen. Hey, great to have you on. Thanks. All right, it is two minutes past 10. You're listening to a Minnesota Morning and the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato.